Refresh. Hey, what's up, you guys? It's your boy, The Muffin Man, coming back at you again with another episode of Refresh Podcast. Guys, I know it has been quite some time since we have last been together, and that is totally my fault. Super duper apologize about that, but I am back, baby. I am on track, and I am ready to rumble. So if you remember correctly, the last time that we were together, we started our brand new series called Why Jesus Christ, an adventure to encourage you that the best choice for eternity the best person to follow for the life to come in the next is indeed jesus christ and so last week we talked about we talked about how jesus christ is redeemer that the reason you can choose jesus christ is because he is your redeemer that in the beginning when adam and eve were giving dominion over the entirety of the garden that they chose the one thing that they were not allowed to have that the enemy distracted them with the one thing they couldn't have and it clouded their vision of all the blessings and all the dominion that they had already that um they had to leave the garden, and because of that, that the Lord had sent in a plan of redemption to redeem them. And so um, today we're going to talk about the Jesus Christ. Why Jesus Christ? Because he is compassionate. So let's open up in prayer, and we're going to get this party started. Father, I just thank you so much for this time that we have together. God, I thank you for the listener. God, I thank you for whoever finds this podcast episode. God, that they can be encouraged that Jesus Christ is indeed the only way to heaven. God, I pray that you would just help them, Lord, to be able to retain this message, God. Father, prepare our hearts and our ears to receive a word from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. So without further ado, like I was saying before, Adam and Eve had to leave the garden. And if they would have stayed, they would have been bound in an infinite loop of sin because they ate of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. And because of that disobedience, because of that sin, if God would have allowed them to stay in the garden, they would have eaten of the fruit of life. And because they would have eaten of the fruit of life, it would have caused them to be in this infinite loop of sin. It's almost like on Doctor Strange, whenever he has the time stone, and he's like, Dharma. I've come to bargain and Tarmamu's like you come to die and then he you know he kills him and then he reverses yo Tarmamu you know and this keeps going on and on and on and on this is exactly how it would have been for Adam and Eve they would have been caught in an infinite loop of sin but because God loved them so much that he made them leave the garden so that he can long term send a plan into motion to redeem mankind that being our big brother Jesus Christ Ephesians 1.5 tells us that God had a plan to adopt us as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind of intention of his will. The kind intention of his will. See, it's important you understand that God is never caught off guard. That he always, he is always steps ahead of steps. You know, I love the concept of the grandmaster, and you've heard me say this before in other podcast episodes, but you think of a grandmaster like in chess, how a grandmaster is always one step ahead, that he knows how to win a chess game before he even squares up and plays a chess game with the person opposing the opposite side of him. 
And that is exactly how God is with our lives. That he already knows what choices we're going to make. He already knows what paths we're going to take. That he has this best choice, this best plan for us to pursue. But whenever we we get off guard and, and we go this way, we go this way, God is not surprised. He knew we were going to do that. And that's exactly what happened here. We chose sin over perfect life. And God knew that we were going to do that. He knew he had a plan to redeem us, as we talked about in part one. And that's exactly what this verse here is saying in in Ephesians 1.5, that God had a plan. And he said, you know what? I know that mankind's going to disobey me and they're going to choose sin over me. So I'm going to make a plan to adopt them, to bring them back to me. And that plan being Jesus Christ. Today we are talking about the compassion of Jesus Christ. Now currently I am reading through the Gospel of Mark. I recently learned that it was told by Peter, written by John Mark. And that made me incredibly hyped. I mean, I have been mega hyped to see Jesus through the eyes of one of his closest friends, Simon Peter. And I cannot go one verse without my heart being blown wide open by the compassion that is found in Jesus Christ. And in fact, in Mark 1, it talks about Jesus is starting to recruit a team to do life with him. And I think that is absolutely the coolest thing and the biggest thing that separates Jesus Christ and pursuing Christianity and a, and a lifestyle of godly living versus all of the other um, faiths and, and secular faiths and, and religious faiths. And you can't see them, but I'm doing these little air quotes. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what separates us from them is that Jesus wants to do life with us. That Jesus could have just came into this world, lived among us. And whenever the time came for him to be crucified to redeem us of our sins, you know, he could have just went and died and boom, he's back. But I'm talking about this is a king of heaven. They came in here not. Not to be served, but to serve, to be a servant, to have compassion. And he wanted to do life with these people. So in verses 16 through 20 of Mark chapter 1, he's starting to recruit the starting of his team. He recruits Simon Peter and his brother Andrew. He also recruits another pair of brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And then he went to them. He met them where they were. And when they were focused on doing what they wanted to do. See, that alone would preach this entire message that Jesus Christ, he went to them. See, other religious faiths, they require you to go to the head of that belief. If you're a Buddhist, you got to go to Buddha. You got to go spend time with Buddha. You got to go worship with Buddha. You got to go get peaceful, man. You know, if you worship Allah, you got to go and bow down before Allah. You got to go and spend time with Allah. You know, if you go with Muhammad, you got to go to where Muhammad is. You got to go spend time with Muhammad. You know, if, if you worship the flying spaghetti god, you got to go to where the flying spaghetti god statue is. And you got to go and worship. It's all about how good you can be but we see here that it wasn't about being the best of the best that jesus selected to mentor people that were willing he chose fishermen his starter team was fishermen the first four men of his team were fishermen why why i live in south louisiana 
and um, Louisiana's culture is crafted around hunting and fishing and, and, and so a lot of outdoorsmen, you know, and, and I'm surrounded by men that, you know, that isn't exactly my preference. I don't really do those things, but I do listen and hear of, of men who get excited about hunting season and they, they get excited that they get to see a deer on their camera and they're they making these preparations for hunting season you know duck season and deer season and fishing and all and and all these different things and you know um it there's a strategy to it there's an art to the outdoorsman lifestyle you know that you can sit in a deer stand for like two three four hours waiting for that deer to arrive so that you can bring him back home and skin him and have food for that season you know if you're in a boat and you're fishing you're waiting for that fish to be attracted to the bait that you're offering it so that you can catch it and reel it in so you can bring it home and clean it and eat it he chose fishermen because they have patience they have skill they learn. They're willing. Sure, they're rough. Fishermen are rough, yeah? Wouldn't you agree with that? Sailors are rough. You know, sure, they're un- uneducated. And what I mean by that is, in this time frame, you have to understand that fishermen were uneducated. You know, they weren't scholars. They were people that spent time studying and spent time, you know, grammar wasn't a strong point for them. They knew how to explain things. They knew how to, um, you know, communicate things. But they didn't know how to say it in a proper way. But he chose fishermen because they were willing and, you know, the interesting thing about these four men is that they didn't hesitate. That they immediately, when Jesus says, hey, I want you to follow me, Simon. Hey, I want you to follow me, Andrew. They're like, all right, cool. Big bet. Let's go. You know, and they leave their, their stuff behind. They leave their boats behind. They, they leave their nets behind. They leave their catches behind. There was 0% looking back. He goes to James and John and says, hey, guys, come and follow me. And it says they leave their dad in the boat. And they're like, all right, dad, deuces from Massachusetts. Let's go. You know, they, they immediately left all of their stuff. And they didn't look back. They did not look back. <coughs> In Mark one twenty three to 26, we're introduced to the power and authority that Jesus carries. That's going to be reserved for another part of this series. But we begin to catch a glimpse of Jesus' compassion um, in Mark 1, 29 through 31, and this is compassion for Peter's mother-in-law. It talks about how he heals her, that she was laying down, she was ill, she had this fever, and Jesus grabs her by the hand and he pulls her up, and her body is restored from this sickness. The fever leaves her. And it talks about immediately right after this in verse 33 that they begin bringing the entire village to Jesus. That the people that they were bringing to him had issues. They had illnesses, varieties of diseases, demonic possessions inside of themselves. And Jesus begins to heal these illnesses, begins to rebuke these diseases, begins to command these demons that are inside of these people to leave and this gives us a greater scope of 
the compassion of Jesus. And he has compassion on the heart in his heart for these people that he's taking the time to deliver them from the very things that are robbing and destroying their lives. So I want to take a deeper glance at the compassion of Jesus with some things that I, I found in my adventures during Mark. And so in Mark 142, Jesus heals the leper. There's a leper that approaches Jesus and he's like, Lord, if you're willing, you know, I want to be cleansed from this leprosy. And Jesus says, I am willing. And the leprosy leaves the man. And Jesus says, you know, don't go away in a heart of gloating, but go away showing people what God has done for you in, in a place of testament. In Mark 2, 5, Jesus forgives the paralytic. There's a man that is paralytic. He, that means he can't walk. His friends carry him to Jesus. They cut a hole in the roof and they lower him down. And in that moment, in verse 5, Jesus forgives the paralytic. Now, at this point, this is the same story. In Mark 2, 11, he heals the paralytic. So I want you to see the differences there. He doesn't immediately heal him, but he forgives the paralytic from his sins. But then... When he does that, there's people that are in the room that are in the house where he's preaching, and they start questioning Jesus' authority and how he is able to do that in their hearts. Jesus feels it in his spirit that they're questioning the authority that he's operating in, and Jesus says, what is easier for you, to forgive him of his sin or to tell him to take his pallet, get up, and walk away? And that's exactly what he does. He heals the paralytic in 2.11 by telling him to get up, Take your pallet and go home, and the man's able to walk. In Mark 2.17, Jesus fellowships with the unclean people. Jesus is seen um, eating dinner with tax collectors and, you know, with prostitutes, with, with beggars, with, you know, people that the church people at this time deemed to be unclean. And Jesus was willing to meet those people where they were, to show them the compassion that he had for them. That whenever he was questioned about it and he said, if you are who you say you are, then why would you be spending time with these unclean people? Jesus says that the doctor doesn't come for those who are in good health. He comes for those who are in poor health, meaning he came for those who needed a savior, not the ones that were already living a holy lifestyle and, and people that were were um, better off and actually closer to the kingdom um, than, than these people were. These people needed a savior, and that's exactly what Jesus had came to do for them. In Mark 3, 5, we see that Jesus heals a man with a withered hand. There's a man that has a deformed hand, a hand that was not fully developed. And um, at this point, the Sanhedrin begins questioning Jesus uh, about the Sabbath and working on the Sabbath and healing on the Sabbath. And Jesus, you know, gets very upset with these guys. And uh, he tells the man with a withered hand to extend his hand out. And when he does, his hand is restored. It is healed. It, it takes shape. There's bones and, and there's all fingers and, and there's strength, man. Like, that's compassion, y'all. Like, I get so excited just thinking about that, that he healed a man with with a hand that was not even fully developed. In Mark 3.35, he adopts believers. Now, at this point, Jesus is teaching, and his mother and his brothers come to see him, and they tell him, hey, Jesus, your mother's and your brother, you know, they're here to see you. And Jesus says, who is my mother? Who is my brother? And he says, those who do the will of God. 
that's who my mother is, that's who my sister is, that's who my brothers are. And um, right there, he's adopting us as believers. I want to take a time out because I felt like I really need to say this about that. That can be so much reassurance for you if you feel like there's no way that Jesus can accept you because of your race or because of a choice you made or because of a stereotype that has you doubting your identity or somebody hurt you and you carry that load on your back. I want you to understand that if if that is you and you're wounded, if that is you and you're questioning why Jesus Christ would even want you, he's telling you right here that he's adopting you, that if you do the will of God and you surrender your heart and you choose the kingdom of heaven to chase after, then he's saying that because you're doing that and you're chasing after the kingdom, that you're seeking first the kingdom, that you are his mother, that you are his brothers, that you are his sisters, that he is calling you family, that he is calling you in the same group that he is in. Do not feel like you're disqualified because of any of those things that Jesus is qualifying you whenever he says that in Mark 3.35. In Mark 5.41, Jesus resurrects Jairus' daughter. He's on the way to do this. He gets stopped by the woman with the issue of blood. After they, they have their exchange and this woman is, is redeemed of her issue of blood, that um, there is word that comes to the Jarius and they say, stop bothering the teacher. Your daughter is dead. You're wasting your time. Jesus says, no, 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 Jarius, Do not believe that. That's not the way this goes down. That is not the end result here. Keep, let's keep going. Let's keep going. And whenever they get to Jarius's house, uh, Jesus commands all the unbelievers to get out. You need to get out. If you don't believe, get out. And then he took Peter, he took James, he took John in there with him, and he took the parents of this little girl. And Jesus goes and he commands her to get up and he grabs her by the hand and he pulls her up and she comes back to life. He resurrects her daughter. Talk about compassion. Mark 6, 44, Jesus feeds 5,000 people. Then when he's teaching that he has compassion on this multitude of people that he does not want to send them home without eating, that they bring him five loaves of bread and two fish and they say, hey, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. We don't know how this is going to work, but Jesus took it and he broke it and he gave thanks and he was able to feed all 5,000 people. I want you to know that it takes a lot of compassion to feed somebody. If you ever cook food for somebody, if you are a parent and you've ever cooked food for your children, I know that time of the holidays is upon us, that there's Thanksgiving and there's Christmas, and that's a lot of time in preparation of cooking and, and making food for people. It takes a lot of compassion to feed somebody, especially when you don't know how it's going to happen. But Jesus has compassion, and Jesus knew that he can take the very little that they had to offer and break it and give thanks and glorify the father through the process that so they can see that it's not anything that they can do but a hundred percent that what god can do compassion and lastly that i, I want to kind of talk about is mark seven thirty seven that jesus heals the deaf and speech defective man that there's a man that was mute and a man that was deaf and jesus heals him by putting his fingers in the man's ear and he he takes saliva i'm 
pretty sure he puts on his hand, I guess. It, it was talking about saliva. And he t- grabs the man's tongue and, and he holds his tongue in and he just begins to speak um for hearing to return back to the ears of the deaf man and for words to begin to formulate on the mouth of the dead man and this man was healed now i want you to understand that these are just a few accounts of the compassion of jesus that i found from my journey of mark one through seven and i'm still going through this journey of the entirety of mark that there are way more accounts in the other gospels and many more that weren't even captured because john 21 25 says that if there and there are also many other things which jesus did which if they were written in detail i suppose that even the world itself would not contain the books that would be written maybe you're saying Jesus, excuse me, <laughs> maybe you're saying, Jason, that's great, but I believe the Bible, I don't believe the Bible is true. I still question this Jesus Christ and his credibility. The things he's done for people is awesome, but what does that have to do with me? Friend, it's because this compassion is personal. Let me tell you a little bit about me. Before I met Jesus Christ in a personal way, my life was miserable. I felt pain. I was miserable, depressed. I was shy. I didn't have friends. I didn't want to live, and I had a hard time seeing how I fit in into this puzzle of life. But one day, Jesus met me where I was. He wanted to be a part of my life, and I let him. And because of that, he brought joy that replaced the misery in my life, boldness and confidence that began to surface that outweighed being shy. He came to be the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I began to love life a little more. And that was 10 years ago, my friend. 10 years ago, Jesus redeemed my soul. Right around this time in November, he redeemed my soul. 10 years ago, November The time we take to be thankful. If I can offer anything to you, thank God for his redemption. Thank Jesus Christ for being compassionate and meeting us where we are. And I challenge you, ask God to allow you to experience his compassion for your life. Where you are right now, that's not your final. It doesn't have to be your definite. Jesus Christ came full of compassion for you personally. Why Jesus Christ? Why should you choose Jesus Christ to be your Savior? Why should you follow Jesus Christ? Because He is compassionate. Let's pray. Father, just thank you so much for this journey. God, that we get to take this journey together to talk about the goodness that is found in you. God, that whenever we select Jesus Christ to be our Savior, Lord, that we can know that we are investing in the best investment that we can ever have. God, that every other investment that this world offers fades away, but the one that we are investing in, the kingdom of God that we're investing in, never runs dry. God, I thank you so much for Jesus Christ. God, that you selected Jesus Christ to come, to be full of compassion, to live among us in this life, to live a life sin-free, to meet us where we are and help guide us through this life in a personal way. 
God, I thank you that it doesn't matter about how we started, but it's about how we finish. God, I pray that this listener, Father, whoever finds this would be encouraged, God, that they can have compassion because that's found in Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would just soften their hearts, God, that you would meet them where they are and that you would help them to be able to select the choice of a lifetime, being the one that allows and invites Jesus Christ to be their Savior. God, I thank you. God, I pray that we would be reminded of this word and the many things that you have done during your time here. And God, the new things that you are looking to do each and every day in our lives. Father, that life with you isn't about a list of things that we cannot do. It's not about sucking all the fun out of everything. But God, when we chase you with our eyes fixed upon heaven and our hearts abandoned, oh God, help us not to rely on our hearts for they are deceitfully wicked. But God, help us to rely on you for you are our source of strength. And God, you will never leave us, nor will you forsake us. God, I thank you for making things personal with us. Thank you for meeting us where we are. Thank you for providing and making a way that we can be brought back to you. Thank you for redeeming us from our sin, God. Father, we give you the highest praise. You're so good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, this has been another episode of Refresh Podcast where Christ goes before so we can bring you another refreshing word. This has been your boy, the Muffin Man, saying keep it fresh. Have a good day. God bless. I love you guys so much. Tune in next week for part three of Why Jesus Christ. Love you guys.